Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please don't wake me now. Welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. Today we welcome in someone that you may have heard on another podcast. He is easily the greatest writer of Reception Perception. He's the best host of the Backyard Banner podcast. There's definitely no other fantasy football writer out there that does plant or dog Twitter better. At this point, he could probably put unpaid professional podcast guest on his resume. And he works for the NFL too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Matt Harmon, thanks for joining me today. That's that's quite an introduction. It's funny uh, you you mentioned all that. You know, growing up, I was one of four, and I was the only uh, I was the only boy. So my sisters would always tell me that, "Oh, you're my favorite brother. You're my favorite brother." Or my mom <laughs> or my dad would go, "Yeah, you're you're our favorite son." I'm like, "That's not really uh, <laughs> that's not really praise. I'm the only one that does that." Yeah, I have a I have a favorite son because I have one, and then I have two daughters. So I I have a favorite oldest child and a favorite youngest child, and. The the girls always try to say, you know, well, get the who's the favorite, who's the favorite, Carter's the favorite boy. And that's yeah. all I could I can't go further than that. So I would but, always being the jerk that I am, I would always like be like, Yeah, I have a favorite sister. <laughs> I've got you in tier in in, in rankings. <laughs> even 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 back then you were yeah. analyzing and analyzing and tiering, huh? Well, that's the thing. I don't like, and I say this all the time on Twitter, I don't really particularly care for fantasy rankings or, or dynasty rankings or ranking players. But when it comes to real life things, oh, I'll rank, I'll rank anything, including my family members. That is excellent. I'm sure that, I'm sure they enjoy that. And uh, so before we get into, you know, the, the reason that I have you on for this podcast, which fair warning to anyone listening, it's not to talk about Sterling Shepard and Malcolm Mitchell, actually. Oh, thank when, goodness. <laughs> when did you start playing fantasy football? Actually, that's that's really funny um, because, you know, a lot of people will, like I have on my podcast, and when I ask them this question, how did you get into football? How did you, you know, how did you start playing fantasy football? They always tell these, like, great stories about how they loved the game coming up as a, as a kid. And I'm a little bit different that, like, as a kid, I didn't really care about football, um, like, as a, you know, really young kid or anything. Um, I grew up in the D.C. area and could give really less of a crap about the Washington professional football team here. Um, and and so I was just never really interested in the sport. And also, I was never really interested in sports in general. You know, I, I played baseball. I swam as a kid. But, like, none of it really mattered to me. I was just interested in other things. But it was in high school. I think I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior in high school. And one of my friends approached me and was like, hey, dude, like, we need you to be in a fantasy football league. And I was like, I don't want to, I was like, I don't know anything about football. I don't want to play in a fantasy football league. Like what is, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, I don't know players. I don't know anything about it. And he's like, no, 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 we really need you. It's easy. You just draft a team and like, it's, it's not, and nobody else, it was like a first time thing for everybody. So we were all kind of getting in at the same time. And so we just, you know, we just dove into it and I I don't know what it was, but like, you know, because the way I am. Is like 
when I do something, I do it 110%. I like, even as a kid, like if, if I saw a movie, I was obsessed with the movie, you know, like I had to get all the toys, all the action figures from it. And like, then the next month it was on to the next thing. Uh, but so when I got into, when they asked me to be in this fantasy football league, I just dove all in, really researched everything. And like, I played a bunch of Madden to get to know the, uh, get to know players and where everything was and like how good people were. So that was my first year playing fantasy. And, and let me tell you, like, I actually did end up going and just not pat myself on the back. I actually did end up going to the playoffs with like a terribly drafted team. I took my second quarterback before taking my second wide receiver. Oh no, that's blasphemy. <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't that horrendous? So, cause of course, like I just was drafting off whatever the uh whatever they got like whatever the espn uh mock like rankings were and yeah so it was i think i took drew Brees in the second round this was the 2007 season uh so i took drew Brees in the second round after he'd come off that like and it's even horrendous to think like i took a quarterback in the second round oh, it's embarrassing um so i took drew Brees in the second round and then like I think I took Marvin Harrison was the first receiver I took that year. And that was the year he finally like completely oh, no. fell off the cliff. And, and then I took, uh, I took Tony Romo late in the, like before, again, before I took my second wide receiver, my second wide receiver was like Joey Galloway when he was like 40 years old playing for the bucks. I can't believe. And the only reason, the only reason I think I ended up going to the playoffs was that like, I took a late flyer on Jamal Lewis with the Browns that year when everybody's like, Oh, Lewis is, is cooked he's finished and he actually had a really solid like i think rb2 level season there in cleveland that like one ran that 2007 year with uh derrick anderson and and the boys um so yeah it's and so that was my first that was my first time playing fantasy football and uh i don't so it's shocking now that i'm a football writer i'm a fantasy football analyst because that that beginning story was certainly not one with a lot of fever so uh uh, that is just crazy that you that you went that way in your first draft. Now, when you have obviously so much time on your hands because you're not doing anything right now, you're not busy at all. Have you ever considered going back and running your reception perception on like those original players that you had? I we're not here to talk about the reception perception, right. but I, I would. <laughs> I'm very curious how uh, all your original players would have. You would have gone way different, I assume. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's really that's really funny. Like to think about that, uh, and a lot of people have asked me, like, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing reception perception for like historical players? Have you ever thought about doing it for, um, you know, tight ends?" Which is a whole another conversation. But you know, whenever I get that question, like, "Would you like go back to 2007 and do like Joey Galloway's reception perception his year with the Bucks?" I'm like. Dude, do you know how many relevant receivers there are to do right now? <laughs> like you mentioned, you know, I, there, there is a ton of, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously not doing anything, but uh, very, very, very not busy. But yeah, to think about like how many receivers I could be charting like that are in the league this year to the idea to go back, it seems kind of like crazy. But if I was ever at some, like if I was ever just making money off reception perception, like somebody was paying me to chart games, that would be, that would be a really fun series to like go back and look at uh what types of leagues do you play now i assume that original one was just redraft you know when did you start playing in more leagues um i I would say that it was around the time that i started trying to get into the game as a writer that's when i got into my first dynasty league 
And I think the year after that was when MFL 10s really started taking off. So I started, yeah, I started kind of pursuing a career, a career. I always put that in quotes uh, because I still don't even know how this is a career. But uh, when I started pursuing this as a career back in 2013, after I graduated college, that was like, you know, I needed uh, I needed some experience, obviously playing in, in more leagues. I had really never been in anything other than just a standard redraft league. Although even back then, I felt like I was in too many leagues. Like, I don't know if I've ever even said this on any other podcast, but I remember applying for a writing position. Like when I first started out, like I wasn't even a very good writer. I applied for a applied for a position at, at DLF. Actually. When they got to the question, it was like, have you ever played a dynasty league? I'm like, oh, God, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm probably not going to get this job based on that. And I was correct. Uh, they were like, yeah, Eric was really nice enough to email me back. He's like, yeah, man, like, just try your hand at it. And so that's when I really started to get into more into more leagues. And so now I'm in I'm in way over my head. Uh, of course, we always I feel like we always are. You know, we're always tr- every every offseason. I'm like, now this year, I'm really going to cut back. But then it's like you get into you know, you get to like, especially at work, there's a league I got, you got to do there. There's a league I got to do with football guys. And then there's, you know, my league. That I'm, I'm actually probably going to drop like my longest standing league at this point. Um, oh, wow. Now I'm not really friends with a lot of the guys there anymore. Oh, okay. So it's not like my, yeah, you know, like that original league that we were all in. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to revive that one. That would be fun to go that back, cool. <laughs> to go back and not draft a quarterback in the second round and then another <laughs> one in the eighth round. <laughs> That, but, that, would, that would be cool, actually, uh, if the original one is disbanded, to bring, have a reunion league. Yeah, that would be nice. And like I said, I, hopefully the results would be different. Although there is nothing better now than, like, every one of my friends wants to be in a league with me and kick my butt, you know, like, because this is my job, obviously. Uh, everybody loves that. But, yeah, so now, of course, I play in a lot of dynasty leagues, best ball leagues, you know, consistently doing something new. Yeah, I when I jumped into this, I – figured I would try out just a couple of dynasty leagues just because I wanted to take that next step, you know, and play in more interesting things. Then all of a sudden I joined Twitter and it was just like, oh my God, there's that league looks really cool. Yeah. I want to jump in that one. Well, that one, that's, that's a way different format. Yep. Jump in that one too. And at this point I've expanded way past where I probably should have on my first year going going past redraft but that's all right it's gonna be fun yeah absolutely man i like i listened to your episode with ryan mcdowell obviously and having him like explain all the different intricacies in his leagues i'm like man i could not imagine i could not even imagine like being in something that's that uh in depth um i think it'd be fun and he's he's got like i think he's got four or five of the kitchen sink leagues that that I had him on describing and right. There are a lot of people out there that clearly like, and I like fantasy football, but there are a lot of cle- people clearly out there that like it a lot more than me. That's for sure. That is, that's what I found. I thought I was the craziest person, but that's obviously the impetus for me starting. This is I found people that are crazier than I am. So I wanted to move on to that. We, we discussed that you're on vacation. I don't know you. We've never met. Everybody knows that you're on vacation. You're coming on to talk about today is, you know, this community where is, is that weird for you that people that don't even know you like kind of know that, oh, well, Matt's on, Matt's going back home, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, they only know because I put it out there, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I can't, I could certainly not be upset about it considering I'm the one that, uh, that consistently puts my, my own information out there. But no, it's, it's really cool, honestly. Like, I, I, it's, it's fun feeling like you're a part of something. You know, that's, that's always huge. 
And like, it blows my mind the fact like that's like you mentioned, you know, that, that, that people know I'm on vacation and like that I've never met or, you know, potentially never will meet. You never know. And that the people know about my life and care, like care about my life. That's mind blowing. Um, and like care about my dog and that sort of stuff. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy to me. I mean, I, and it's not, and it's not even like an ego trip either. That's the thing. Like, it's not like, Oh, all these people care about Matt Harmon. That's so awesome. Look at me. It's just, it's nice feeling like you're a part of something that people, that you're a, a member of a community and the fantasy football community really is a real and uh, very supportive thing. I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll talk more about that, of course, but it's, yeah. So it's, it's cool to know that, that people are kind of keeping up with my life or whatever, for whatever reason, like I don't find, I don't find any of this stuff to be particularly interesting, but people seem to definitely care about it. I think people just like the, like human stories, human stories are, are fun to listen to. Uh, I'm going to give a little shout to one of the guys in my leagues. He's, he's got a story where he talks to zookeepers and I, I listened to it the other day and I tell him it's, it's the backyard banner of zookeeping. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, you know, that's not going to be interesting to anybody outside of it, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, for those who want to find it, it's blog zookeeper stories, I believe. And it's, it's a fun little interesting thing. It's people passionate talking about their jobs and their lives. So it's fun to listen to. And there's obviously humor. Price, right? Yep. That's it. Yep. Yeah. He, he reached out to me when uh, he started that and was like, yeah, your podcast like inspired me to do a, a, a podcast about zookeeping. I'm like, oh, that's, that's really cool, man. That, awesome. that is cool. That I have, I have Matt Harmon in, inspiring listed in my little show notes to make sure I get to that. Oh, so God. I didn't <laughs> wait. I had to fill the quota, right? That's so. true. Well, that's only on my podcast that you have to compliment me. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. So. So if you're guesting, it's not a requirement then. It's not a requirement. It is, you know, slightly encouraged. And actually, like, you can't be mean to me on my podcast. Every there And there have been plenty of times, you know, Evan Silva called me a jerk. Matthew Berry called me a hack. I just edited all those out. Those, those don't exist anymore. But on, yeah. on guest spots, you can you can certainly hurl insults at me. I did not know that uh, Matt reached out to you yeah. before he started. That's that is awesome. Uh, see this community this is this is it people this is we'll come back around to that at what point were you you know how did you kind of get introduced to this community yeah there have been some guys out there like a couple of guys from dlf come to mind like kevin o'brien uh the ff engineer on twitter uh dwayne brown he's another guy that, that writes for dlf now two two really very talented guys that i i respect a lot um they're they're kind of those guys that like they were on Twitter like just talk like in leagues and talking and like Dynasty Frank's another one that's in a bunch of leagues and and I mean Dwayne and and uh, Kevin have gone on to become writers um, but they were kind of always on the outskirts of the community like discussing Dynasty and and giving their thoughts and everything that's not really what happened with me I would say that I was following a lot of guys that I really liked and respected for years like Sigmund Bloom who are like now my friends like Sigmund Bloom and Matt Waldman like I've been following these guys for years and years playing in fantasy football leagues and watching football and just being obsessed with with the NFL in general but I was never like nobody was ever like following me or or anything like that until I started and I didn't even start the Twitter account that I operate now until like I actually decided I wanted to start a blog and I actually maybe even before that, that's I'm messing up the timeline there. But yeah, so I mean, I was been following the community for years, but I was never really involved in it until that time after I graduated college. And I was like, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start because I needed just a, I was in a pretty dark period of my life. And I was like, I needed an outlet. Um, 
something to keep me busy essentially. And I was like, you know what? I love football. I love writing. I'm going to just start a website and try to do and just and just do that. And then a few months into it, I was like, you know what? People like this. People seem to think I'm good at this. I'm going to just, I'm just going to cancel all my plans to go back to grad school and get a PhD. I'm going to cancel all that. And I'm going to try to be a football writer. And, you know, luckily I had a lot of people that were very supportive of that. But so that's really when I got involved into, then people started picking up on me and I was involved more in the community and, and seeing more of it grow. So what's the, what's the transition been like then to go from someone who, you know, observed peripherally to someone now that is, extremely involved. I mean, I'm guessing you don't go more than probably minutes without sending out some sort of fantasy football based tweet. Maybe, maybe if, maybe if you're working out, you go a little bit less <laughs> or a little oh, more. No, man. I do a lot of, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of tweeting in the gym, uh, just to keep myself, um, there, there are sometimes I've, I'll like get into, I try to like not tweet anything too, uh, salacious at the gym because I'm like, I'll get in like going back and forth with people and, and then be like, Oh shoot, I'm sitting on this machine for 20 minutes <laughs> and not using it. People are probably mad at me. Um, but no, yeah, so you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm always on, I'm always on Twitter. I mean, literally always on Twitter, but, but that's the thing. Like, cause all the guys at NFL joke, like, you know, despite the fact that I've been, uh, I have, I've been there the least amount of time and, uh, but I have like a lot, I have more followers than like Marcus and Alex and Matt Franciscovich, but it's not because of like, I'm who are those, who are, who are those guys? What? Eh, bunch what? of hacks. But anyways, like, you know, and it's not, it's not because like I'm better than them or something, but it's just because I'm on Twitter all the time. And like, they always, they always joke with me about that, but like Twitter, you know, made me, um, I came up through, through the, through the, the mud and the wreckage that is like, that is Twitter. And, um, that's how people discovered my work. That's how people, uh, found out who I was. And yeah, so I'm, I'm always on Twitter and it's, it is weird to be at this point. I'm used to it, I think, but it's still weird every once in a while. But like f when people first started asking me like my opinion or started like last off season was really the, the even before landing at NFL, like just being part-time at football guys in Washington post and a few other places. And like that off season coming from, from the end of the 2014 season to pre 2015 up until I got the NFL job, when people started like taking what reception perception said seriously, or like, I still remember I was listening to a podcast one time, the fake good podcast, which is I think defunct now. Oh, yeah. That's going to be missed. I know for sure. That's, that's one of my favorite guest spots. I, I do a lot of podcasts. Obviously that's one my, that's my, I think that's my favorite one ever, like the last two years that I've done. Um, no offense to anybody else. No, but, I'm counting, counting up to today, obviously. Well, yeah, of course, prior to today, let's <laughs> not be, don't be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like I remember listening to the, an episode they were doing with Evan Silva and like he was talking about Brashad Perryman and he, you know, he was like, you know, he's going over the reasons why he liked him. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, like Greg Cosell likes him. Harmon really likes him. And I was like, wait, did I just hear my name like thrown out by Silva? Like, in the same paragraph as like Greg Cosell likes him and Matt Harmon likes him. And this is a reason why you should like him. That was like the, that little moment that kind of then was, was weird to be like, Oh shoot. People care about what I think. But to me, like that just makes me like, okay, now my stuff really has to be good. I have to say good things. I can't, I can't go out and like blow it and then just be like, Oh yeah, well it's fantasy football. Like it happens, <laughs> you know, like, Cause there's definitely some people that do that, like in the industry, you know, some bigger names too. Like, oh, well, you know, it's fantasy football. What can you expect? Things happen. Like, no, man, like if people are going to listen to what I say, which for whatever reason they are, 
that just makes me have to be work harder, be more accountable and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I actually, one of the questions I had for you, what was, I? it, it is written, oh, shoot, I've arrived moment, and uh, you just defined it there perfectly. That, that has to be just a really surreal feeling to hear yourself quoted on something that you've kind of listened to and looked for guidance from for, for years. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, I've been following Evan Silva for, God, for years and years from his time at Roto World and everything, and it's it was that was that was definitely one of them. I mean, I hear myself quoted on podcasts all the time, and I'm not saying again. I don't, I don't ever say like anything that I ever say on this podcast or anywhere else. Like, I never say to be like, "Hey, man, look at me." But it's more just I hope that anytime anybody hears me say something like that, they should one know that I still think that that's like the coolest thing in the world. And I, I mean, even if it happens all the time, I'm still like you, you mentioned like the oh shoot moment or whatever. I have that moment. I feel like every day of my life. Like that, I'm like, wait, how is this? How did this happen? What? How, what? Like, uh, you know, I'm always constantly blown away by it. I'm never like, you know, of course, of course, they would quote Matt Harmon. Like, I'm, you know, I'm the wide receiver guy. Like, that never happens. It's just more like I'm constantly blown away by 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 that sort of that sort of stuff. For somebody like Evan Silva quoting me, or even like like I mentioned, like Matt Waldman, Sigmund Bloom are like my they're like my bros, man. They're fam. But like, even anytime they say my name on a podcast that I'm listening to, I'm still kind of like, whoo, that's, oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I have that moment like every day. And, and I say, again, I say this not to be like, look at me, man, but like anybody out there that's listening, like if you ever hear my story or different parts of my story, you should always never think that I'm like pumping myself up, but it's more like if I can do this, you can do this. Anybody can have that moment and, and everybody should strive for it too. Yeah, and that that's a big part of, of this fantasy football community. The the fact that it's not it's not a competition or it doesn't doesn't seem to be a competition because this community is just expanding extremely fast. Um I'm new to it, not just from a, you know, hosting a podcast. I didn't even listen to podcasts a year ago. I I I tuned in in August actually, yeah. right before the season. That's when I started. But even since then, it has exploded. So, you know, what what have you noticed with the expansion of the community? Obviously, you were around it before then. I assume I'm not completely wrong here. It has grown rapidly, correct? I mean, it grows every year. That's the thing. And and even people have, you know, like when I had uh, Evan Silva on my podcast, um, he should be giving me money for how much I'm dropping his name on this on this show. <laughs> um, but like when I've had him on my podcast and I've talked to like Bloom privately, you know, both of them have always said that it was not like this, even like, even like even five years ago, like there weren't all these fantasy writers out there, even, you know, the, the, the voices continue to grow. The number of people that are involved in the discussion continues to grow, which is like you mentioned a good thing. And as somebody that, you know, holds a job in, you know, in the industry, I, I don't look at that as like a, a bad thing or competition that there's just more people out there. I mean, it definitely, you know, challenges you to be unique and constantly like, evolving and that is that is definitely a big thing but but i don't i don't look at it as as bad like or that there's somebody gunning for for my job or anything like that there that's the thing it is always it's always changing it's always um it's always growing and yeah i mean for sure i'll so i'll i'll back that statement up and i would say the one thing i've noticed is the is the support not only within fantasy football but like you mentioned like with our regular lives or whatever like we're involved in each other's in each other's business which is which is cool like i said it's 
it's uh it's this it sounds so dorky to anybody that's not on on twitter though or like in our fantasy football community like trying to explain this to people in real life they're like dude you sound like a loser you know <laughs> uh, like i open up my phone and i have you know 20,000 people that will like talk to me <laughs> and that's that's cool like if i'm ever bored you know i just you know a note about Jamison Crowder catching the second most passes of any rookie receiver last year and i get people engaging about that or like these are the acceptable list of beverages you should drink and nothing else. Like I tweet about anything like that and I have people constantly ready to, to engage, whether it's about fantasy football, whether it's about something very, like a very serious topic or whether it's just me being a jerk about people's food takes. I mean, there's a, it's, it, that's that part of it I think has evolved a lot from even where it was three years ago. Yeah, I uh, the other day there was actually a guy actually put up something saying, you know, why why do people still not have pictures of themselves as their avatar? And I don't. I'm still Mr. McGiblets uh, on on Twitter. But when he did that, I was like, you know what? That's at this point, I I've kind of come around to, well, these people are gonna know me more and more. So I'm not trying to not be known. I mean, I'm not trying to be known, but at the same time, I don't. I'm not worried about them knowing what I actually look like. So. I ended up replying with a picture of me pushing my three kids all piled into one stroller, which I said, this is, <laughs> this is what I truly look like. If you see me in real life, it's, it's me with three kids surrounding me usually. So uh, it, it, it is weird to think about it in those terms that, you know, these are people that you're not just sharing like a fantasy football league with. It, it actually is a community that, that is out there and, you know, it, it is continuing to grow. The, the expansion isn't, just that pe more people are getting into it the market of opportunity is actually expanding it seems so uh one thing that that you discuss on your podcast all the time why you might be a jerk about food takes <laughs> don't be a jerk might as well be the theme to to the backyard banter which you have embraced like you said with matt price you know he reached out to you you helped him the other day i was listening to this is going to be the just uh, the stroke Harmon's ego section. So oh, let me kick back here. <laughs> Justin Spear was very open about the fact that he's listening to your podcast and it, it inspired him to go go harder with his commissiontalk.com website. And you know how do, what is that? How, I don't even know how to ask the question, but what's the what's the response? How does that make you feel when you hear that you actually have inspired others to kind of go beyond you know what they were previously doing? It's a heavy, like, it's a heavy thought, too, because, you know, I would, you know, John, I would, I would be talking about this stuff. I would be doing this if nobody was listening. You know, I would, I would be, it's not about like, it's not about like having an audience or having people paying attention to you or even reacting to what you're saying. Like, whether it's talking about life or talking about anything or, or, or writing about football, I would be doing that if nobody was listening, nobody was reading, you know, that's just, that's second nature. Um, but, it's 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 weird to think like that people are that I'm you know it's, and it's even I feel like gross saying like, that I'm inspiring people because I didn't I didn't know how to ask it and you're not knowing how to answer it because it's it's an awkward thing but it's the it truth is, yeah. and it's something that should it's something that should be promoted yeah no but I well I appreciate I appreciate that and, and I'm very happy that if anything I do um it inspires people to create because I think creating things is beautiful. I think it's what we were meant to do as human beings. It's a very like meta thing to say, but I think that's like we were made to be creative and, and engage in that way. And 
So I think it's awesome that people have wanted to do that based on my podcast. And, you know, when I got the job at NFL, I emailed, and I've mentioned this a few times on, on recent shows, like I emailed Sal Stefanali, who's one of the greatest freaking human beings on the planet, much less like members of the fantasy football community at 2QBFFB. If you don't follow him already, please do. Little plug here. Sal is going to be following you. So, hey, Oh, there you go. go. That's perfect. Go. <laughs> so it's So Sal was one of the first people that ever like saw me on Twitter. Um, I always say like Sigmund Bloom and Sal Stefanali like were the two people that really like reached out to me. But Sal was one of the first people and he always, you know, shared my stuff and, you know, encouraged me and was like, yeah, dude, you're really good at this. Like you should have more of a voice like and all that stuff. And like he was really the first mentor I ever had. So when I got the NFL job, before I even said anything publicly, I sent Sal an email. I was like, dude, I just dude, I know you're not on Twitter very much, but I wanted to reach out and like let you know. I got this job, like, and I really owe it a lot to you. So thank you. You know, like you, I would never have, I would never have done all this if it wasn't like for your encouragement, you really pushed me into trying this, trying my hardest at this. And it's, you know, culminated in something pretty cool. Uh, and when I, when he, when I, you know, he wrote back, he's like, that's awesome, man. Just pay it forward. You know, like don't read, don't thank me, just pay it forward. So that's something I'm always trying to do because I know that if I, like when I started, I needed the inspiration from other people to to do it. So if I can be some sort of guide back to others, you know, that's what it's all about. Like people gave me a helping hand. I would like to give other people a helping hand. And, you know, just from a more, from a grander view, you know, I, and I don't, don't need to get into all this, this stuff too, but like I went through a lot of crap before I, uh, before I got to where I am now, you know, I, and there were different parts of my life that were tougher than others. And, you know, I've talked about that in my weight loss piece that I just put up recently and some other parts of that. And, and so, I mean, if, 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 if people can learn from my journey, I feel like I've, I, I don't know. I feel like that, that that's like a part of my duty to society. You know, like I went through what I went through to get to being like to living my dream on a literal everyday basis. Like, but, but I don't want to keep that, you know, held up inside. I want to give that back to other people because that's really what it's all about to me. Yeah. And you've done it in such a way that like, you know, you have, you've inspired others, but at the same time, you have gotten so much respect from the community. Like you said, with your recent piece, well, that was, that was huge. That was wonderful. That was actually my little Twitter review in last week's episode. I, I said, if anybody missed Matt Harmon's uh, piece, you know, go back and read this. It, it will inspire anybody to go out and change their life if they need to. So how did that feel when you were, uh, when you finally finished writing that and then how did it feel to actually release that publicly? Uh, nervous. I mean, it was, it's always a little frightening whenever you put something out there, like even, even like at a very small, small level, even when you put like a bold fantasy prediction out there, there's a little bit of like you know, fear because you're just putting your opinion out there. That's like a very minuscule thing. Now at this point, I'm used to just blabbering on about players and you know, there's no real, <laughs> there's no real fear in that. But like, you know, this was obviously really personal stuff and it's not even so much. And it's funny because I never, ex- you know, I wouldn't expect anything from like my on Twitter, you know, that would like, they would be that they would come back and be like, nobody cares. All right. Fatso, like, you know, whatever <laughs> or anything I wouldn't expect negativity from them. But like the one thing that was actually more nerve wracking was like people in my real life, you know, because some like it's just some of them don't want to think of 
think of that because they know me and they were knew me at that time, especially, but it felt good to put it out there and get like, you know, such tremendous response. I mean, cause again, talk about the support of the community that has been, you know, from you saying it on your podcast, which I really appreciate to other people tweeting it out or retweeting it or just saying kind things. And I mean, it's been overwhelming to be honest with you, having people email me and, and share in that experience. But like I said, that's what it's all about. I feel like you go through things as a human being. And if you make it out on the other side uh, as a better person or just a happier person, like if you beat whatever the demon it is that, that is haunting you, the best thing you can do is to help other people through that. So that's what I've, I've wanted to, to put that out there for a long time. Um, and I finally felt like I was ready. I felt like it was a good time in the off season to put it out there. That's for sure. Um, and I'm happy. I'm really happy that he did. And, uh, there's, you know, like I said, I think that, uh, you know, this is obviously not like something I've ever thought about or like I've thought about it, but not like intentionally that, like, I think that I built up this platform in football, which I didn't expect to do. I'd never expected to have however many followers or like work for the NFL. I never, like I said, I never thought that that was actually going to happen. But now that I have, I think it's like part of, you know, this is the way I believe about things. It's, you know, nobody has to agree with me, but like, I think that it's, it's like part of my destiny as a, as a, as a human being to like do more than just with this platform than just be about football or be about reception perception or, or sharing my work or anything. Uh, you know, like I said, I went through some things and I would like to, to help other people through those things. And I think that I've built up this platform for a reason and it's to talk about that. So, you know, it's something that I'll, I'm now that I'm a little more comfortable with it's something I'll talk about more and happy to help others through that and everything. Yeah. I, I think it's going to inspire others. It, the, the, the story is it was beautifully written. I mean, you are, you are obviously a very good writer beyond, you know, just writing your, your fantasy football stuff. You could, you could write stuff in people would read it. I think, you know, that you've talked about it. You considered doing it. At some point, you're gonna you're you're gonna give in to that. I'm assuming I'm assuming now, since in your previous jobs, all you did was think about writing football stuff while you were supposed to be doing other work. Now that you're doing football stuff, I assume you're just thinking about writing other things. That's so, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. I mean, obviously, I want to continue to like be a football writer as my job, but yeah, now that I write about football all the time, like man, I need a side outlet for. <laughs> that's so stupid it's so funny it's so funny you mentioned that i've never really put it together how funny that is in my head that at my last job i'm like as i'm sitting there writing like uh you know reports about my clients or whatever on their daily notes i'm like man i wish i was writing something about alan robinson right now and now i'm sitting at my desk at work writing about alan robinson i'm like man i wish i was writing about some personal experience piece yeah you, you you definitely uh decreased productivity you've inspired people to go beyond doing things in their you know regular things in their lives and try something new but at the same time now all they're doing while they're working at their regular jobs is thinking about how they can go about doing these other things so it's great that you've inspired the growth i'm sure the uh companies across america are real happy that people are now sitting at their desks thinking hey i should be writing about fantasy football yeah right i'm sure there's a lot of bosses that are that are not pleased with me but uh, oh well, I, I hope I, I hope they'll be able to forgive me. I think about it the entire day I'm at work. There's nothing I can't turn it off. My my thoughts don't just end. So there's there's just nothing that I can do about it. A lot of times, if I just write myself a little note, it gets it out of my head at least, and then I can focus on my work. 
Oh man, I used to. I went back and obviously I'm like you mentioned. I'm on. I'm on, uh, I'm on vacation back home right now. I'm on vacation. I'm still working, but like, I am. I am not in California where I live. I'm back home now, and I was visiting the the last job that I had before out here before I went to the NFL uh, Network and. I, you know, my boss there was was happily remembering how like she would catch me like up against the wall, like like on my phone, like reading Twitter or like replying to some like football guy's email or something. And she would, you know, obviously get mad at me. And she's like, it's funny now that like that's that's your job now. Like the thing that that at my job was distracting me and like taking my attention away from my clients was was now is now what I do on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing transition, and for for you, it happened. I mean, very quickly, but that's because you're good at what you do. So you got that response from the communities because you because you put yourself out there, and you you got an overwhelming response from people that you know it might only be 140 characters at a time, but at the same time, you're getting a huge response, which is what this community is about. But like you said, you're still working. You're getting you're building relationships with people because you're going on every single person's podcast. Uh, so people have that personal connection with you because you put yourself out there so much. And you've got that relationship with people that is just 140 characters at a time on Twitter. But then you've also got the relationship of people that you, you've gone beyond that. I assume that you communicate with a lot of people beyond just Twitter that you've met on Twitter. Sure, yeah. And you mentioned that a lot of it is through podcasts. Uh, like going on and, and talking because it's cool man like it's we spend so much time in each other's lives but not really in each other's lives you know like constantly talking back and forth on twitter or even just reading somebody's tweets you know you're you're, you're spending you're you're taking a little bit of their whatever self that they're presenting on twitter you're taking a little bit of that with you and it's, it becomes a part of your existence and it's really i mean it, it is it is really funny when you when you like take that interaction off Twitter, cause you slide right into it, man. That's the, that's the crazy part. Like even, you know, getting on, um, I mentioned the fake goods podcast and how much like I, I really, I love those guys. They're great. I've been, I was on three times before it ended, but each time, like the two wide receiver shows, the last two off seasons, just awesome. I think I'm going to have to twist their arm to like, we're going to do it. We're going to do a damn show like in the off season, whether, whether it's on, uh, whether it's on the fake goods or not. But anyways, just put it on yours. Exact probably will. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So like, yeah, right. I forgot I have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, people, little hint, people would tune in and listen to that. <laughs> I would imagine that people might probably like it would get so many more downloads than all the other ones. But anyways, um, like just, you know, the first time I got on that podcast, like I'd followed Rich and, and Chad for, for years. And like, we start talking before the show and it's like, boom, instant connection, you know, because we know each other like in, and you know, we're more, and especially in the fantasy football community, not everybody, but most people, I feel like would adapt to the same philosophy that I do. Maybe not to the gross extent that I do, but like put yourself out there, you know, talk about your real life. Don't be more than just the football, like robot that tweets out about football, 140 characters at a time. Like people share updates from their lives. So it really is easy to slide right into that interaction. And even people in person, you know, like when I, when I got to work, I yeah, obviously like, again, followed guys like Marcus Grant or, or Adam Rank for a long time. But like those interactions become real life interactions very quickly. Um, yeah. So I, there's a there's a fair few people that I talk to a lot, like 
off Twitter. Not, not, not everybody because that would be overwhelming. And I'm also, I'm also horrendous. Like, and this is something that people probably might not guess about me, but I am horrendous about keeping in touch with people. Like I'm, I'm a, basically, I would say I'm like a bad friend about that. And I'd, I've never really cared for talking on the phone. Uh, we talked, we were joking off air about my disastrous dating life. And there's a, there's a good, uh, there's a good thing there. I don't like talking on the phone. That has slaughtered a fair few relationships in the past, but I do talk to a lot of people off Twitter. Probably not as much as I talk to on Twitter though. That is interesting. And it, it does, it builds, it builds those relationships that, that you have with people. And, you know, when we did, this was the first time you saw me and you were like, oh, like, you're not what I would have expected anyone, you know, that's not what you would have looked like, but that's because you don't know me because I haven't put myself out there because I, when I joined Twitter, full disclosure, I literally, my little description was, I am only here for fantasy football. I don't care about your vacation or what you're, what food you're eating. Um, how did I, you even, how did you even still follow my account? <laughs> it's like 90%. BS and 10% fantasy football. That 10% is so good. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a full 180 on it. I, I have changed that. And now, you know, actually like seeing the little, when people do put a little personal thing out there, it, it actually means, it means more um, when it's, you know, something, I don't know, because of the relationship that was developed through fantasy football, now, when somebody does put something out that's not fantasy football based, I don't know. For some, there's just more. For some reason, that connection is strong. Yeah, that's really cool. You should you should write about that like <laughs> shift in perspective, like that. Like you got on Twitter. I don't know. I think that would be an interesting story. Like you get on Twitter and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm just here for football because there are there are plenty of people that are on Twitter for years and and stick to that uh, that philosophy. Like I don't get it a lot in my mentions because I think people that follow me by now get that. That's not going to happen. But, you know, the, the stick to football crowd or whatever, like um, these kind of shifting from that perspective to like, yeah, really wanted. I mean, for God's sakes, you, you do a podcast now about uh, about other people's things, you know, about yeah. about more than just stick to football on Twitter. So, like, I think that would be an interesting story to tell. Yeah, I was never the stick to football guy. I didn't care if people didn't stick to football. I just wanted it to be clear, like, that's all I cared about. So don't right. expect more from me. But I. I was wrong. I will admit my admit my ignorance, and I was wrong. So, hey everybody, it's time to take a break for the podcast spotlight. This particular one, when it came out, I, I was just astounded by it because I am a numbers lover. It went away for a while, but it has come back recently, much to my delight. So, everybody take Mark's advice, and I completely agree with him yet again. Give it a listen to what his review is and then go out and seek out the podcast and give it a listen if you haven't tried it yet. Hey guys, Mark here with another podcast spotlight. This week I wanted to highlight the Fantasy Game Theory podcast. It's hosted by Jacob Rickroad at Clutch Fantasy on Twitter. Um, he's also a Rotoviz contributor as well as his uh, co-host Graham Barfield um, at Graham Barfield on Twitter. Um, you can find some of his work at Rotoworld, Fantasy Labs, as well as DLF. Um, fair warning, this, this podcast, it's, it's not for your casual, you know, work league guy who's, if you love analytics, if you like uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, this is uh, definitely a show for you. Um, it, it focuses a lot on measurable data, projection models, historical probabilities of, you know, players to have success. Um, I know Graham has been working a lot on uh, 
you know, with running backs and uh, a thing he's kind of created uh, called yards created versus yards blocked. It's uh, similar to Matt Harmon's uh, um, success rate versus uh, coverage in his reception perception. So if, that, if that's the kind of stuff that really interests you, you know, uh, definitely check out uh, the Fantasy Game Theory Podcast. Now back to the Fantasy Insanity Podcast. You, you talked about the podcasts, which to me, obviously, that's interesting. I'm doing one because I thought they were interesting. You started one because you thought they were interesting. And there's there's stories to tell. There's there's things, you know, there, it's entertaining to listen to. I assume everybody that does podcasts listens to podcasts. You've talked about it. Uh, how many How many football podcasts do you tr- typically listen to, like, in a week? Oh, my God. So many. Um, I mean, I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I don't even know how many I'm subscribed to off the top of my head, other than yours and mine. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm subscribed to those. No, I'm but uh, no, I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts and I'm constantly listening to podcasts because, you know, I never feel like I have enough time um, to read, to, to read fantasy football articles or read football articles or stay up to date on the news because I'm always busy because I'm always doing something or another. When I'm like walking my dog, when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm making dinner, I'm constantly listening to podcasts. Like it's a ritual now. Wake up in the morning, make a make a cup of coffee, get the leash on on Charlie, pick the podcast to listen to, and like start walking. And constantly, you know, if I'm just if I'm charting a receiver, listen to podcasts. The only time I don't listen to a podcast is when I'm writing because it's impossible to do. If anybody could does that, that's insane. Uh, I don't know how you do that, but yeah. So I mean, I'm constantly staying up to date on what everybody's talking about, getting different opinions, because that helps me. Like if I hear somebody on a podcast, raise a point that's like, oh yeah, I, I never thought about that. That's an interesting perspective. I'm going to go kind of, that's going to challenge my opinion. If, if they're like, oh, Deshaun Jackson's a top 20 receiver this year, just a total random thought. But I'm like, oh, I've never thought about that. Like, let me go. I'm going to go do like a reception perception on him. It's good. That's challenges my opinion. Or I hear like, people think like a lot of people on podcasts think this and I clearly think the other way then I know that there's some kind of difference in opinion there and so constantly like just getting other people's opinion because I just don't have as much time to read during the season especially as I'd like but I also listen to a lot of other like not football podcasts I listen to uh, a lot of NPR podcasts uh, political podcasts uh I listened to just some other random discussion ones. I don't know, man. They're they're very fun medium. Obviously, like you know, you and I can relate on the fact that they are very fascinating to me. And uh, the only the only tough part about being on so many podcasts sometimes is I'm like I don't want to listen to myself. <laughs> it's almost a bummer. I'm like I went on the Dynasty One podcast this week, and I was like, well, can't listen to that podcast this week because it's got me on it. I listened. It was a good episode. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I can't, I can't sit there and listen. Like I would, I, cause I imagine, you know, whenever, if I was to do something like that, like listen to like, I'm walking down the street with, with Charlie listening to a podcast and somebody stops and is like, like just, this would never happen. But somebody stops me and is like, Hey man, like, what are you listening to there? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm listening to a show that I was on. That would be so embarrassing. Oh, I, I, I will say that I, I do listen back to mine once it's published. But that, oh, yeah. at that point, I'm tired of listening to it just from because I've had to edit it and I've listened back to it to make sure it was good before, I, you know, and set before I sent it up. But then once it's sent out, I, I can't not listen to it to make sure that it was, everything went correctly. Same. So it, it's it's not because I want to hear myself anymore because I don't. I do enjoy hearing the guest stories over and over. 
I could listen to them continuously, which is why I continue to do this. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy listening back to myself say the same things because I know what I'm about to say. So, right. Uh, how many, how, how many podcasts do you typically guest on in a oh, week? It depends, but I feel like honestly, I, I feel like I had to have been. I know it was more than thirty this off season. Like, and that's the thing, man. Like, I will almost never say no to like a podcast appearance, and apparently people keep asking. So that that's. That's been the problem. <laughs> my yeah, policy, my policy is to never say no. Yeah, but, you obviously uh, haven't raised your standards yet because uh, you were like, "Sure, I'll come on." <laughs> no, nah, man. Well, this one, this is fun because it's it's talking about something that's not football. That's that's always I'll always say yes to that. But like just any other football podcast, I, I'll never say no just because you know. For one, it's a it's an attempt. It's a it's a it's a process to to talk through my own thoughts. Hopefully, have somebody eventually disagree with me and and challenge me on it and make me rethink my opinions. That's always important. It's always good just to also just, like I said, refine your opinions, but also refine the idea of presenting yourself on a, on a medium, like more practice is is always good. Obviously, like I work at a major media network. Hopefully there are more opportunities for me to do more mediums than just writing and, and, you know, the backyard banter podcast someday. So more practice is always good. But also, like, again, it's a way to help the community grow. And if people like I was on the the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast, you know, the other day. Uh, oh, boo, boo. No, <laughs> no. They're, 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 they're buddies. I, I like Happy Hour. They're, Chris and Tyler are quite fun. So, yeah, man. And like it was a good it was a really good show. I had never really talked to either one of those guys at any point too much on Twitter. I, you know. But like, and and I know that their Twitter account has been tweeting out like, hey, like we've gotten more downloads on this episode than ever before. Like, hey, can we get to this many downloads or whatever? And like, like you know, shoot, from it's weird. Again, this is a weird thing. It to, got the Harmon bump. See, and that's a weird thing for people <laughs> to say, and that's a weird thing for me to even acknowledge by saying. Everybody but, listening, he just got very uncomfortable in his seat when I said that. I but did, it, but it's the truth. It, I, I like put my, I did like a clear put my like hands yeah. against my chest like a clear I'm uncomfortable sort of thing but but it, it, it yeah so it's weird for me to say but like again but clearly it happens for whatever reason and if I can help another podcast and another set of writers grow by being on their show I don't care how big or small it is like you know it's it's good and also okay I'll be honest that it is quite an ego trip to have this many people give a give a crap about my opinion <laughs> so so yes, I will always say yes for for a multitude of of different reasons and I go on a I go on a lot of podcasts. I mean just just so Tuesday for example, I did um I think I did like two or three then. I did one yesterday. I did this today. I also recorded an episode of my podcast yesterday. So yeah, a lot of podcasts. Monday I was on one. I was on one on Monday. So that's already like four or five this week. Yeah, you you do guest on a lot, but hey, I I I still listen to every one of them, even when somebody asks you the same question that you were just asked on the previous podcast that I literally just got finished listening to, and then I'm like, they you know they introduce all oh, Matt Harmon's the guest. I'm like, all right, well I'm gonna go, I'm gonna no, hear Matt no, Harmon. You all are crazy because I'm sick of I'm sick of saying how good you know Malcolm Mitchell is. <laughs> how oh. can how can you guys hear me say that you know twenty times or whatever? At this point, just stop saying it because, you know, stop. That's that's all right. I can, you know, everybody everybody else doesn't need to know if they don't know already. Yeah. So 
that that is their fault if they don't know already to try and get Malcolm Mitchell. Oh, I just I'm actually in a bidding war for Malcolm Mitchell. I I wish you wouldn't have mentioned his name because I'm in a bidding war with, right now for him wow. and the capitalist pigs, and I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna get him. It's very frustrating every time I bid. I get a text back saying you ah uh, oh. Been Move on, move on from that, because I don't want to get into my Malcolm Mitchell. Well, I want to just ask, who are you in the bidding war with? Is it anybody um, you know? Oh, it's it's uh, Scott Fish was one. He bumped me a couple times. Oh, uh, that crafty Scott. Yeah, no kidding. I think uh, was it? I think it was Bill Latin bumped me last night off him, and I'm just, it's, at this point, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. There, yeah, I I remember talking with with Bill a few times about uh, about Malcolm Mitchell. I was definitely on the Bull Rush podcast with Scott talking uh-huh. about Malcolm Mitchell. So sorry, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there's everybody in everybody in that league is well aware, and I I know I'm not going to get him. That's the worst. I'm, event- I'm eventually just going to have to pay a ton of money for him. Or somebody else is going to pay a ton. Of money. All right, we're not talking. We're not talking about receivers. Oh. That's my bad. I let it slip in, folks. No, that's okay. It is funny. Like you mentioned the the auction clock. I get so anxious about like I play guitar and um, it's funny, like being back home, I found this letter that I wrote to my parents about like um, I had bid, used their money, of course, as a kid. I'd used their money to like bid on a, a on like a an effects pedal for electric guitar, like on eBay. And like I wrote this in this big long letter, like pleading not to take the bid back because I really wanted the pedal. And so just the auction stuff remind that just reminded me of that because I used to sit like I used to be like a serial eBay bidder with like my parents' money, <laughs> and uh, of course I eventually like my own. But uh, yeah, it's it's like the same sort of effect, man. You just wait, watch that clock go down. And you're like, I could just bid more. I could just bid. It's a weird psychological effect. Yeah, and this is a non-proxy one actually. So it's, when you go up, you have it until somebody goes above you. It yep. doesn't automatically rebid, and so you think you you think you have them, and then you start getting your start getting the they're already on your team, and then just a uh, heartbreak. But yep. it's it's been entertaining. It, it actually it's it's a lot of fun. So back to the podcasting world. You know, you you've talked about kind of where you want to go in the future, possibly. I I assume. You haven't been on NFL Network yet. I, I have not. That then, right? Other okay. Than walking, other than walking through the camera in the newsroom, like just the one they when they do the news, like Patrick Claybon's beautiful face does the uh, <laughs> news network update updates there, and I'll walk through the background just because that's where I work. So all this all this work that you're getting and doing all these podcasts, you know, at some point it's obviously preparing you for. I assume you would have you would aspire to be on NFL Network on on TV, correct? Is that somewhere you want to go? You know, that is a really interesting question and one that I ask myself a lot. Um, because, like, again, for one, well, this is some, like when I got the job at NFL, people were, that was like the first thing a lot of my friends back here and like my, you know, people that knew me growing up were like, oh my God, are you going to be on TV? And I'm like, you know, the fact that you're even asking me that blows my mind because I never expected to even be a writer for NFL.com. Like, I never expected to be a full time football right i mean obviously that was my goal but you never write that in pen that that's going to happen it's a it's a tough job to get there there are very few full-time writing jobs um so i've thought about like so so again like before before even landing there i never once ever thought like i'm going to be an on tv analyst because i just wanted to be a writer i mean i love to write and writing is my is my passion i would get you like you said if I wasn't a football writer, I'd be writing about something else. I'm a writer that just happens to to choose footballs as medium or whatever. 
I've said that on a few times on my podcast and like, so the idea of ever considering being on TV is weird and I never thought about it, but obviously now that I work there and we have a fantasy live show um, and there might be more opportunities, you know, I've thought about it and it was, it would definitely be something that I would, I mean, yeah, if you're going to put me on TV, sure. I will say yes, of course, but it's weird to even think about that because I never like pictured that being an end game of my career path. So it's something that like, I look at it as gravy. I mean, if they, if they put me on there, sure. If they don't, I don't care. I mean, all I've ever wanted to do is write anyways, but and now that it's a possibility, I'm certainly like in my mind thinking about it and preparing for it, you know, so that if they ever, ever did ask me, Hey man, like we want you to be on this episode that I wouldn't be like, you know, peeing my pants or whatever. I'd be ready for it. You know, uh, I still remember the first time that I went on Dave Damashek's show when he was and cause you know, he does the YouTube broadcasts or whatever, uh, from like they, you know, they film and it streams on NFL.com. I remember the first time he had me on his show, I walk up there and I didn't, I thought it was just an audio only podcast. And, you know, they start setting up the cameras and like putting a mic on me. And I was like, wait, what are you do? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh yeah, 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 it's on video. I was like, Dave, you didn't tell me that. Like, no, nobody, nobody gave me that information. And it's, it's a totally different like experience. Uh, so I'm hope you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that something like that happens, but you know, it's never, but that's the funny, like I said, it's, it's like almost like playing and it's a bonus level to a video game. Cause I never even expected to beat the final mission. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the dichotomy like working at, you know, this huge NFL corporation, but then also you, you kind of have, you still have your, you know, independence with your, your own site. You know, what is that like? Well, it's, it's good to have my side hustle, you know, because I still get to control that. And I am very much, uh, I didn't know this about myself, uh, always, but I like to, I like to have a little bit of control over, over, over certain things. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not a, a control freak or a type a personality, but when it comes to like my hashtag brand or whatever, I like to, I like to have the, or like my, my work, I like to have a little bit of say so in it. So it's nice that like at Backyard Banter, I can write 5,000 words on Richard Higgins if I want, and nobody can tell me to, you know, to cut it down. Uh, or like, you know, at NFL, I have a strict content calendar to work off of. I mean, if I wanted to just put something random up there, I probably could, but like it has to fit within the schedule of what we're doing. At the Washington Post, they won't, they don't like me to even approach a thousand words in my, in my stories, which I'm like, oh God, God, that's impossible. (laughs) How do you write something for less than a thousand words? Um, I'm a very like long, natural, long form writer. So like, it's good to have my own side hustle because I get to, I get to, you know, still do what I want. I get to get in touch with what I like growing as a writer more so than I probably do working for NFL media, but dude, it's, it's mind blowing. Like working for a big company like that is, it's really cool. Uh, there are also a lot of different, uh, different challenges that come with being a writer for a main, uh, a major media company, you know, not only, like I mentioned, sticking to a content calendar, but also just like working for the league. I mean, is a whole nother challenge in and of itself. Like there are certainly some things that I probably can't get away with writing about or can't say or, or whatever, but there's a lot of, and just write the writing in general, you know, there's a little bit of a different style to writing at a major media company like that. There's also, 
just the actual creative process. Like I right now for NFL, like I'll, when I'm like in, in season, I'm in the newsroom, you know, like I'm, I'm writing in a very, like Mark Sessler uh, compares it to a, a Bangladesh marketplace. Like there's just constant noise. There's constantly people coming up to you like, Oh, especially during the fantasy season, I get, I'll get people like literally stand right behind me in my little cubicle. And, be, and while I have like headphones on and they'll be like, Hey, who do you think I should start this week? Charles Sims or Danny Woodhead? And I'm like, I'm actually writing about that right now. If you let me finish. <laughs> uh, so it's a very different creative process. Like it's, it's not, you know, coming home from your day job and like popping open the laptop and be like, ah, I feel refreshed. Let me write now. It's like, Nope, this is on a deadline. I've got people like, it's really loud. It's noisy. Let me just, I got to focus. It's, it's a different writing process. Well, I think we've covered, you know, the community and the podcast and, and the writing aspects of this crazy little fantasy insanity community that it's insane. It really is. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I think everybody enjoys it. I do, of course, have some other just random questions. So I'm, I'm curious as to just how big this 10 year gap is. So have you ever owned a Walkman? That's like the with the cassette. Oh, he's tape, asking right? what it is. Obviously, the answer is no. No, no, no. I have, I have, I have, I have. Oh, okay. I was, I was trying to see if maybe your first would, would have been the disc man. So, all right. You, no, I definitely remember having a, a tape one. All right. So that that's good. So if I mention a TV network, what is the first show you remember from it for MTV? He doesn't, he's <laughs> never watched MTV. I don't know. No, like, I mean, I watched. I remember. Like, this is the thing. I'm old. I'm old enough to remember when uh, when they had music videos on there. But like, the, really? But 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 the first. But I cause I can remember watching those like before I'd go to school in the morning. But when you once say the, once the day started, they stopped playing music. Exactly. Like because because <laughs> when you say MTV, my first thought is the real world. Okay. Which All is right. I think probably the grossness that you're. you're that is that is kind of gross. Um, what about Comedy Central? South Park. South Park. Okay. So I'm, I'm win Ben Stein's money. So that was South Park would have been like second what that I can remember back. So but all right, maybe the maybe that 10 year gap isn't isn't that big. That makes me that makes me feel a little bit better about, you know, my age. <laughs> Listen, I always say about the age thing, um, you know, when I the first time I ever met Sigmund Bloom in, in person uh was the first time i went out to las vegas with like on our football guys retreat and he like pulled me aside right away and was like he's like you're clearly he's like you're the youngest one here by a lot by a lot yeah and he's like he's like well what he told me was like use it to your advantage before Mm -hmm. people try to use it you know to make fun of you and remember if they make fun of you for being young it's because they're all jealous that they're not that they're old now that is that is exactly it and age really doesn't matter talent talent shines through whether you are brand new and super young or if you're brand new and you just changed into something like this out of something that you did for 30 years i'm sure there are plenty of people out there that that wish that they would have you know changed earlier and you know decided to go down a different path later in life and then they end up being really good at it at a late age it's just so doing well putting putting good stuff out there is what separates separates you and it's it's not the age but since you mentioned it so much i i was curious what the actual gap in 10 years is you obviously are the wide receiver guru you know (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I that that again, Mac got uncomfortable there. I don't now, like that Roto World's like made I, that a thing too. <laughs> I, oh, it's it's totally been made a thing, much to your discomfort. And I that's probably why it's more of a thing. Is yeah. is is just to needle you a little bit. Which is well, good. Nothing, it would be awful if you called me a wide receiver guru and I was like demanding that you do. <laughs> like I go on to every podcast like beforehand and be like, hey, you gotta call me guru yes, or expert. Please. Please introduce me only as wide receiver gurus or the Matt Harmon. Oh God! Since since I have the premier voice in wide receivers on here, I need to ask just one question. You know, if you were to give just one take about a wide receiver, just one, what what, what would you have to say? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so there's so many that I could give, but one that clearly jumps to my mind is Tyler. You will never own. Dante Moncrief in the Northwest League. Never. Not ever. I I appreciate you participating in that, Matt. So <laughs> <laughs> that is that is solely so I can take a shot at Dynasty Happy Hours, Tyler. It, it, just because I, I own Moncrief in a league that he's been trying to get from me. And now the wide receiver voice has spoken, Tyler. It it's is official. it is official. He is off limits. That, that is as in-depth as we were going to go on wide receivers on this particular podcast. So, you know, Matt, I, I really do appreciate you joining me. Honestly, like, you have been great for the community. You have inspired others to grow this community, which I'm not saying that to try and make you feel uncomfortable or even to stroke your ego, but it's, it is just, it's an impressive thing. And you are a young 24-year-old. That is, to me, that 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 is a bright spot for, I'm not old, so I don't want to be the old guy saying, oh, you're, you know, the voice of a generation. <laughs> you know, oh, there's, there's promise in our future. Because I don't think I'm that far away. But, uh, I mean, it is, it's just good to see someone that can do that for others. So I appreciate that. I think I would speak for all of the community that says, thank you for doing that. It, it is a great thing. You know, you, you were willing to come on here and you, you were very open to coming on here. I appreciate it. It didn't take me, I didn't have to work hard to get you to. You to didn't agree, have to go through so. my agent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, uh, Charlie, Charlie didn't return my request. So I decided I'd just go straight to you. Charlie's sitting, so. been sitting down here under the desk the whole time. So he heard you say that, but no, man, I mean, don't thank me, man. Like I, I, <laughs> I owe the community everything. I mean, I owe, everything I do is because the good was given to me tenfold. I'm just trying to pay it back a little bit. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, it, I get to live my dream every day. At, like you mentioned, at a, at a young age, because because people supported me. Like, people out there helped me, and uh, the yeah. community. Like I said, the community raised me, man. I'm I'm from the from the grassroots, you know. And I feel like uh, I've you know, I've had people say like, like when I got the job at NFL, like it felt like one of us got the job. Like we all got the job. The whole fantasy community won. Like it was a victory for all of us. And like the fact that people like, again, that's way too much, way too kind, way too much pressure to put on me for God's sake. Like, <laughs> you better but, live up to it. <laughs> right. Like if I ever end up, you know, erupting in scandal or whatever, like it would just be, well, could you, well, one of us uh, has been thrown out of the NFL offices with <laughs> for partying with Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon. Uh, oh dear God. <laughs> That, that's, so that, may, that may have been the worst place you could have gone right, there. <laughs> right. Well, well, a lot of people ask me, like, you know, when, 
when that whole thing was going on, like Josh Gordon and Johnny Menzel, are they living together in Hollywood or not? And I like, <laughs> I had to like, because people kept saying like, hey, Harmon, are you Johnny Manziel's roommate? You live in Los Angeles. And I <laughs> just jokingly had to tweet out like a, a statement. Like, I would like to announce that I am not living with either of Josh Gordon or Johnny Manziel. Charlie can confirm. Um, but no, man, it's, 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 yeah. Everything I do is because the because the community did good to me, man, and I'm I'm happy to happy to always I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy that that you guys have me. I'm happy that people put up with put up with my uh, with my Twitter timeline and listen to my podcast. Like it's awesome, man. I'm and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, keep putting it out there. Literally every time every time that my the you know on, on Stitcher the little blue dots filled in. If I haven't listened to something, and when that pops up. And uh, I, I see I have a new Backyard Banner episode to listen to. I'm like, oh, good. That's going to brighten my day. And I, I get that little bit of the theme song, and it just it puts a little smile on my face. The theme it, song is so precious, right? It is. I it, it, it makes me smile every time I hear it. And, you know, it gets me. I know the next hour of my work day is going to be made a little bit easier. So awesome. personally, I appreciate that. Keep putting that stuff out there. You know, uh, I assume that everybody knows where to read, listen, follow all of your information, but if for some reason somebody just got out of a bunker and this is the first thing they tune into, uh, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find Matt Harmon just in case somebody's missed you. Yeah, you can, if you haven't found me by now, maybe spare yourself the trouble. Um, but if, uh, if you haven't and you'd like to, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can, uh, you can tune into Backyard Banter, the BackyardBanter.com, Backyard Banter podcast. You can find me on NFL.com on, on a lot of places on the internet. You can, you can Google him and you'll probably find him. Well, you might so. get the golfer though. There is a golfer named Matt Harmon apparently. Yeah. But if you Google me, I don't know. I don't, if you Google me, I'm pretty sure my stuff comes up. Hey, this is funny. I'll 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 let this out on your podcast because nobody that I'm no offense. I don't think any of like the people that could fire me at, at NFL media would uh would 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 uh would would tune into this podcast again. No offense, but maybe not. Uh, maybe I will be fired for this. But that's if, offensive, and I think you're probably right. <laughs> if you type in NFL.com/garbage, oh into yeah, your, I heard into, into I, your browser. Yeah. You can you can find me and you'll get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, you talked about that on. Oh, I don't want to misname the podcast, but I remember hearing that story and thinking, I think it was "Oh, the that's fantastic. podcast." I think I was like, "Oh, that is just that's that's hysterical." And go listen to that one, and it is an entertaining story of how that originated. You know, I, I do really appreciate you joining me. Thanks a lot. This is you know, you get nothing out of this other than like you said, getting to talk fantasy football. And you're right, I. Not only would I talk fantasy football, I do talk fantasy football mm -hmm. often when it's not recording, much to the detriment of those around me, probably. I encourage everybody to go ahead and, you know, go, go, go find, find Matt's stuff, especially the personal story. It is amazing. Go find it, read it. You will be inspired. There's no way, no way to not be inspired by it. So, uh, Matt, I appreciate you joining me tonight. That is it for us um as for me you can interact with me at empire ffl i am often around you can ask me any questions uh, i'm happy to talk about league stuff i do think i can creatively come up with ways to solve league issues i have started a league for listeners and readers of justin spears website so if you want to jump into that league Matt has agreed to jump in fyi so if you want to play in a best ball competition against the matt harman as well as a lot of others, other guests that have come on, and they're what they're what help are helping make this show 
they're growing it. It's not me. People aren't going to tune in to hear me. I only get a bump because of the guests. So, you know, if you want to jump into a league, it's simple. Go ahead and rate and review my podcast. Definitely rate and review Backyard Banner if you haven't already. Go on iTunes, get them both, you know, and retweet out. I pin the tweet to my episode every time I put one out. It's going to be on there. Go ahead and retweet that for me. Send those out. You'll get an invite into a best ball competition. It's five bucks. It's cheap. It's not about the money. It's just for fun. Each week, the lowest remaining team will get eliminated. And somebody's going to win a little bit of a pot at the end. But it's more about just having fun with those that have made this podcast into something. So if you want to join in that, go ahead and follow those. If you've got a podcast review or a Twitter review that you want to submit that for me to play on an episode, email that to me at fantasyinsanitypod at gmail.com. I think that's it. Matt, much in the style of your show, I often give the guest uh, a, a minute. Usually it's like a, a commission minute, but in this case, we weren't talking commissioner stuff. For you, I will ask, you know, what one little piece of advice would you give to uh, people aspiring to want to start something? Uh, just do it, man. That's that's the, unfortunately, Nike already uh, totally took that catchphrase, but it's a good one. Just do it. And like, if you want to start anything, whether it is a you know, you want to, you want to, you're an aspiring fantasy analyst, you're an aspiring fantasy writer. The quickest way to take off that aspiring tag is just do it. Like just start, start a website, get, get working. If you are like me and you wanted to lose a lot of weight, you want to, you know, transform your life, just get started, man. And I promise that it will, it's it'll feel good and it will come quickly and you know good things will happen putting good things out into the universe good things will come back to you and, you know i i can i can promise you that so yep. just whatever it is that you want to get started start it man just do it and see what happens do it do it folks that's that's all there is to it just try it the worst that you can happen is fail and then you're right back where you started so it doesn't really matter so uh until the next time everybody just enjoy the insanity With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.